Welcome to Talking in Stations. Great to be here with you guys. Today we have a very special show. We have a CCP guests with us today. Elise, are you as excited as I am? I am super excited uh, to see a whole bunch of uh, CCP people on the show. And, uh, you know, it's one of my favorite things to do, which is talk about uh, things that we've, we've already done. Amen. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is Elise Randolph, my co-host. I'm Carneros from The Bastion. We've got with us, we got two guys on camera and one guy on audio. So let's start with the camera on the left. Uh, please, please say hello to everyone, CCP Convict. Hello, everyone. And I apologize that uh, I'm the one with the camera. <laughs> no way. And in the middle, we've got CCP Dopamine. Hey, how's it going? Thanks very much for having me again. Great, excellent. It gives them a chance to associate your voice with your name. And then on the bottom right, we have CCP Spider. Hey, everybody. Uh, sorry for the lack of camera today. Uh, I can guarantee it's uh, for your own good. <laughs> All right, well, welcome. Welcome. Uh, today, we're going to take a look at 2017, uh, 2019. What year is this again? From the perspective of CCP uh, and and uh, us together. Uh, so we have a list of things that we did this, this year. Uh, it, uh, and we're going to go through it one at a time a little bit and talk about each. Was it a list of naughty things or a list of nice things? Yes. Uh, yes. I think it gets progressively naughtier as we go later in the year, but I might be projecting. All right, let's start with the fact that the, we... Our current expansion in the old terminology, back when we had boxed retail product and stuff, our first expansion is in EVE Online Invasion. And in fact, we have EVE Online Invasion Part 1 and Part 2, which came out in two progressive sets of content waves. We're currently on Invasion Part 2. Yeah, the, uh, the crazy triangle people, as we all like to call them, have you know invaded New Eden and uh, completely shaken up how, uh, how our capsuleers go about their day-to-day lives. Uh, yeah, it's not just the Triglavian invasions in HiSec that some of you will associate immediately with invasion, but there were other uh, aspects too. Um, it's worth remembering that a lot of effort went into the new player experience this year. A lot, of, a lot of work, a lot of difficult refinements that took a lot of care and effort. And, and uh, uh, if, you, if you're a new player, you probably saw it. Unless you went right to high sec, like a hardcore crazy person. If you're um, an old player, you probably didn't see it. But nevertheless, there's an iceberg of work that went into the new player experience this year. And you guys just had a discussion on the show, I think a couple of weeks ago, with uh, some people from that team. I know CCP Wonderboy was there, CCP Priobrzynski. I can never pronounce that right. And uh, who was the third guest you had on that episode? It escapes me now. But at any rate, yes, you guys covered that. There, there was a lot of work done on the NPE this year. And with the uh, chapter two of the, well, chapter two of the invasion, but it feels to me more like it's actually chapter three of the actual uh, Triglavian story because beginning with Into the Abyss, uh, where we introduced you guys to them through the uh, Dead Space filaments, we started to go poke around in their space. And then beginning with chapter one of invasion this year, they decided they had enough of us poking our noses in where it wasn't wanted and decided to come and check out what was happening in New Eden. I was definitely an unexpected turn of events to see Triglavian invading other uh, you know locations in space. Uh, I definitely have been enjoying it myself. I think it's uh, the aesthetic side 
of triglavians. It's something that I, I really dig myself. Uh, so I would really like to have more of it everywhere I go. And it's not the uh, the only place where the Triglavians invaded or where there were invasions. Uh, you guys actually invaded all of the world uh, with many FanFest type events um, that, you know, just, just ended with um, uh, the London event. But uh, I know, uh, obviously, Dovamine, you've gone to all of them and Convict, you've been to probably a good half of them, uh, starting from Sydney. How What was that like? I don't. I don't think we have enough time on the show to actually do a deep dive on on the war tour and everything that we learn from it and everything that we take out of it. Um, if if I were to say in brief, it's been an absolutely wild year. Uh, you know, expanding from having just a few events to having like what is it, eight events across the year uh, with you know full production, uh, full team support simply enhancing and amplifying the work of the local organizers, just allowing them to do better the things they've been doing so far, uh, is, is, has been extremely rewarding. Um, and for my side in particular, since I'm still fairly new to the team and I started working on EVE Online, you know, at the end of the last year, it has been a great time to go all around the globe, meet the people and different communities and the local communities, especially uh, from different locations uh, and just get to know like, what, what are you guys doing? You know, who's, uh, who's the most prominent community member there, all the different content creators and, and as well, even organizers. Um, it's, uh, it's been absolutely great, but at the same time, it's been extremely exhausting, man. Yeah, I, just picking up from that, like uh, I was at uh, Eve Down Under, but not as a developer then. I, I During Eve Down Under this year, I, I had been hired by CCP, but was just still in the process. So it was kind of surreal going to that event, which I've been to so many times as a player and having to sort of like keep it quiet. Um, then after I finally arrived in Iceland, the first weekend I was here, basically, they're like, you're going to Finland. I'm like, okay, no worries. Off I go. And then after that, it was uh, Germany and Vegas and uh, and then London. And then, surprise, they stuck Korea in the middle. So even though that wasn't technically part of the world tour, um, that, that trip snuck in too. So it was basically um, a, a different country every month uh, for, for the first three months, three and a half months that I was at CCP. And uh, I have no idea how guys like Dopamine, who, who did the entire tour end-to-end uh, managed with it because although it, it, it like don't get me wrong it was exhilarating I did have a lot of fun getting out there and, and meeting the players and, and you know presenting myself to the community I guess as a developer now and, and talking to in that context when we got off the plane from London I was there was a cert, there was a, a tangible sense of relief that um, I could just sort of uh, uh, stay home for the next uh, couple of weekends yeah and it was actually really interesting I, I went to uh, Eve North uh, and Eve Vegas obviously never gonna miss that one um, and you know, the, the people in Toronto were super excited to have an event like hit on their soil. I mean, obviously they have player driven events, um, but this was the first like CCP one that came there. And I swear at least half the people there were new people. They had never gone to an Eve event before. Um, and talking to a lot of other people that went to other events, they said, yeah, that, that ratio holds about true. Uh, it seems like half the people that uh, went to one of these events. This was their first time, and now they're addicted for life. So they're going to be uh, to following around the uh, the circus wherever it leads them. You're right, and that was the point, man. Like getting getting more devs than ever before out on the ground at these player gatherings, helping to put them over the top. I think you mentioned Toronto there, for example. I think uh, Toronto when it was just Eve North was pulling uh, just a few 
a little bit over 100 people. But then all of a sudden, when we took the investment that we normally put into FanFest every year and spread it around to these other communities, they got something like 400 this year, which is crazy. And I'm hoping that a lot of that will hold over next year when things just sort of like go back to being normal player gatherings and they'll they'll see like an increased baseline of attendance from that um and then uh, and then of course now that we'll have fan fest in, in iceland again uh it's I, I knew this even before i came to the company but there are so many people at ccp who who don't get to go on the road who don't get invited onto talk shows like this who who work super hard on the game and are really passionate about it and normally for them fan fest is that one time a year that they get to have that direct player engagement and i know a lot of them missed it this year so um hopefully next year they'll be able to be happy again with FanFest in Iceland and the players who were motivated to participate in EAP events this year, thanks to the World Tour, will stick around and keep going to those events, even if we're only going to be sending, you know, three or four developers instead of, you know, 15 or 20 next time. I think uh, the KTSA story where, you know, the capsular, as we covered on Talking Stations, and I'm sure you've heard about, who went to every EVE Online system uh, and also didn't die and also every wormhole system, um, that, that story had just broken probably a few weeks before, or just a month before uh, Eve Toronto. And we got word that Katia was going to Toronto. Um, and he was kind of like, I, I got to meet him face to face. One of the coolest guys ever. And I was like, you know, you're going to be a rock star here, right? And he goes, no, there's no way. And I think my favorite thing was CCB Burger and CCB Fozzie were just smiling ear to ear, just like almost jumping for joy like little kids. Uh, when they got to meet Katya for the first time. It was so surreal. And like you were saying, uh, CB Convict, it's not just the players, but it's also the developers uh, that got to mix in really well. Yeah, and I can associate with that story because when I... I met him at Vegas and I was talking to him for about five minutes before I, I realized who he was. And I was like, you're catch a say. And it's like, I couldn't get my phone out fast enough for a selfie. When I realized who I was talking to, it was awesome. If you've never been to an EVE meetup like one of these, it is not what you expect. It is much more you will be blown away. It's really, really cool. And it, it, it is. It's kind of addictive. You're going to want to go every time. So keep that in mind. It, there, you think, okay, there's going to be some, some jerk, some, someone I shot a few too many times, someone I mouthed off to in local, someone, none of that matters. Even if that person shows up and is sitting next to you, you will be giggling and drinking beer or something together by the end of the show and it will it will change your life it will change your life they're normally the ones you have the best interactions with in a way because you've you've sort of like shared that moment and you know just a a couple of friendly jibes turns into a night just sort of at the pub sharing stories and things like that it's it's fantastic i've i've been to five fan fests and five Vegases now, and I can, you know, obviously, with the exception of one Vegas as a player, I've never had a negative experience with another Eve player. It's been overwhelmingly positive, and um, and and in particular with those people that you share some kind of like a, a like a rivalry or some sort of shared history with, because you can you can build a relationship off of that, and it's fantastic. I mean, like at FanFest, like even as a developer, like when I was a uh, GM back in the day. Um, I had a player approach me at FanFest and he was like, hey, are you CCB Spider? And I'm like, oh boy, what did I do? And it turns out that I had uh, not given him his shit back and uh, he just said like, hey, I'm sorry I was uh, being a dick to you in that ticket. Uh, Can I buy you a beer? And I was like, okay, this is not how I expected that to go. For those of you who don't know, CCB Spider used to be a GM like uh, like CCB Guard. Uh, So he's following in... uh, 
famous footsteps, you might say. Welcome, welcome to the team, bro. Thanks, man. So, um, yeah, what what all happened to the community team in 2019? You guys uh, have been rebuilding, and uh, it's great to see what's what's happening here. Yeah, so uh, we're going through a little bit of a change, as you can see. Uh, the community team is actually completely new, if you put that into consideration. Uh, but you know, we we have me, we have uh, Convic as well. We're we're finalizing at the last stages of the hiring for the third community developer. Uh, who should be joining us uh, in the next few months or so. Uh, so right now we're trying to set very strong foundations in those areas uh, that we want to be dedicating our resources for the next year to make sure that we can start the year uh, super strong and utilize the talent that we have internally to make sure that uh, we can give back at least a little bit of love to the if online community who is always showering us with compliments and great stories and feedback. And, and you know. So you, you know who the new uh, team member is going to be and you can't say it yet? Is that what's going on? Uh, yes, not everything has been finalized just yet. So we're going to have to wait a little bit longer before uh, we can make the official announcement. All right, all right. Secrets are part of the fun in Heath. We'll go with that. But yeah, excellent. And and uh, you know not to just not to jump back again to the Eve World Tour. Actually, yeah, let's go back to the Eve World Tour for a moment because I kind of jumped us around too much. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I've had a lot of coffee this morning and I'm in a great mood. The uh, your secret plan worked, and you split Eve Vegas into Eve Vegas and Eve San Diego, two two events, and you only have to. Well, no, you have to work on both, but you get. You get a lot of help with one of them. Brilliant. Yeah, well, it sounds like, yeah, um, we were, when we decided to move from Vegas to San Diego, it was just about sort of breaking some new ground. And we know there is a, a super high concentration of EVE players in Southern California. So it kind of made sense to try something there. Um, unfortunately, we did, wouldn't have had the resources to do both. So we shifted our focus to SoCal. And because Vegas has been around for such a long time, it started as a player run event. In the beginning, I think it was Zapper Work from the Goons who um, who uh, created that event and built upon that before CCP got involved when we wanted to do a Northern uh, American player gathering as well. It's like, well, you know, why reinvent the wheel when there's already this, like, you know, fantastic event. So we kind of, um, uh, I, I wouldn't say took it over. We, we, we stepped we stepped in alongside the uh, Zapper work to, to organize that. And then it did sort of eventually evolve into a primarily a big CCP event. Um, and yeah, like the community has such got such a long uh, association with that, and like I've been to it a bunch of times as well as a player, and had a fantastic time there. I totally understand the connection that exists with it, uh, and I, I don't know if it was a secret plan per se, but it is a happy outcome that um, the players are so connected to Vegas that they're determined to have their own player gathering there, and we will throw our support behind that 100% as well. So um, as a consequence, rather than and rather than uh, uh, losing an event, you guys have actually gained two, uh, you know, gained an extra event. Now you have two major player gatherings in North America next year. Um, uh, one in uh, San Diego and one in Las Vegas. Like Killboard's Green is they say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, for those that are maybe forgot, um, this year's E-Vegas was the last official CCP-sponsored E-Vegas. It is going back to a player gathering, um, which, you know, we've been assured 
by uh, by some player organizers that, yeah, don't worry, it's not going anywhere. It's going to be a player event for the foreseeable future. Um, and then there's going to be a CCP-sponsored event that will be moving to San Diego. And then after San Diego, it's going to be rotating around as well. So it's not going to be always in San Diego. Um, but yeah, next year it'll be in San Diego. And I know when the news broke, people were like, oh, no, Vegas, now we're going to lose Vegas. But then after talking to like a little bit more cooler heads, I think the response turned to, yeah, I was always afraid to take my family to Vegas. <laughs> so, or not afraid, but uh, hesitant to. Like, I don't like sitting in smoke-filled rooms. Not really one for gambling. Uh, and so a lot of people were also, you know, as CSB, uh Convict was saying, really happy about breaking new ground in, in a place that's, you know, in a densely populated area and uh, lots of fun for potentially new people to get addicted to uh, Eve Meats. I really want to just check out the the USS Midway Museum because I'm a massive uh, War of the Pacific nerd. So uh, I might even organize a special side trip for Eve players who want to go and check that out while we're there. The Matani loved that that side tour. He had a great time on there. Yeah, I I, I would hope you guys would consider New Orleans for uh, a future event. I think that would be hella fun. Although it, it, it suffers from the same. I can't bring my family to it problem that Las Vegas has maybe, but it's still, I, I would personally enjoy it to, as a. I think so, it'd be a really cool. Place I've got great news. Oh, great news for both of you. There is a player event or a player gathering um, that is starting in 2020 in new Orleans uh, of all places. I believe uh, Delania from pandemic horde uh, is one of the organizers behind it. And she's got a few more people working at her behalf. Um, is there is a, Yes, exactly. Uh, and there's also a, uh, the, I believe there's an official Twitter for Eve uh, New Orleans as the player player event. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but I'll look for it, throw it in the chat, and we'll throw it up on the, the podcast notes as well. Someone in chat is saying Eve Nola, New Orleans, um, May 22nd to 24th. That's promising. Wait, when? Uh, cool. That's like a month right. after Eve FanFest in Reykjavik? Is that right? Yes. Correct. Okay. Uh, by the way, will you guys still be in the old building at the time of FanFest, or will you have moved to the new building yet, meaning CCP? So the current plan is that we will move the office in February. Uh, hopefully nothing will change. Um, and then, yes, it would very likely mean we're already going to be in the new building, in the new location. Uh, maybe we can organize some office tours for some of the lucky FanFest attendees. Never know. I vote for that. That would be fantastic. I haven't seen the new office. We've uh, we've toured the site just sort of through various stages of construction and from like a just like a hole in the ground to like a, a concrete shell. Um, and pretty much every couple of weeks now, someone from our office goes down there just to get an update and takes a few snaps and circulates them. And it's really starting to come together. Um, I think the data slipped a couple of times just due to you know weather and that sort of stuff, uh, because building anything in Iceland's you know outdoors is a bit of a gamble um, but uh, it is actually really coming together and, and it looks as though the, that that February date might actually be the one this time so um, I'm really looking forward to it um, I've only been I haven't I got like a strong sentimental attachment to this office yet because I've only been working there for a couple of months but um, the new place is going to be very very modern very very breezy and the entire company basically is all going to be op occupying one enormous floor instead of split over like three floors where we are now so it should make it easy much easier to get around catch up with the people that you need to catch up with and those sorts of things yeah connor i can tell you um you're definitely not going to get uh any like 
I have worked at the old office now for like almost eight years, and I can tell you, like, I am super excited to get out of that building. Someday they have to. You have to get them to take you downtown to the old office. And yeah, Steger. I I haven't been there, but I I'd pro- I don't know what it is now. But I think I've walked past it on the street a few times. That's the one. That is just down the road from Nonnie's? Um, no, it's farther up, but it's at Klapparstiger and uh, Loyaver. Did you know that Nonnie's is closed down now? Yeah, I did know that. That's tragic. Sad, sad, sad. Oh, we still got Holobata. I mean, does that really even count? But yeah, as as oh, uh, as the the news that Nani's was closing, I think every Eve player that I've ever has ever played the game, it would starting to message me on Steam. They're like, "Can you believe this bullshit?" Blah, blah. Like these people have like they're they've got families. They can't put too much time into Eve Online anymore, and uh, just that pops up on their newsfeed, and they just get outraged. <laughs> and the and you're pretty sure that their arch rivals all over at Holobautar. Probably all had a big party that night. Just, just for Plus anyone watching, champagne. It doesn't get the reference. So in in uh, in Reykjavik, there's these two like like sandwich bars. One's called Nonnie's and one's uh, uh, Uh and they've got Berlin. like uh, you say it, you say it's Schlelabautar. Thank you. Um, and they've got this rivalry. Uh, it's kind of like was it like Pats and Geno's with the cheesesteaks in in uh, is it Philadelphia. Uh, and everyone has like a, a loyalty to one or the other, and um, I'm pretty sure I, I'm, the nonnies is closed down now. But I'm, I'm maybe it's, I'm kind of relieved because I'm pretty sure the only way to solve this once and for all would be with like a Gangs of New York style showdown in the middle of Lagavaga. We should do like food wars, absolutely. <laughs> Get impaled with a sub. Oh, just to follow up on the Eve New Orleans, uh, Matterall did uh, give the dates. Um, but the, the Twitter handle that I was mentioning that you can find all the information for um, is twitter.com slash Orleans underscore Eve. Uh, I put it in the chat so you can check it out. Um, you know, it's just a player event. Maybe in a, a few years, CCP will will bring it on as one of their own as well. Uh, and I'm sure they'll send a few people, if not just some cardboard cutouts. Because it'll, it'll be like twisting people's arms to get them to go to Eve New Orleans, I'm sure. Nice. I added them. Thank you. Very helpful. But uh, Eve... Eve 2019 wasn't all about player gatherings, although it did feel that way because it was so much fun to watch. Um, there are also a lot of changes to the game that, you know, maybe you weren't really thinking of. I know when when we were kind of compiling our list, uh, we glanced over definitely the biggest one, the most life-changing change to EVE Online that has come probably in the last five or six years that uh, CCB Convict had to remind us of. The 64-bit client happened this year, guys. Amen. Amen. The technical advances, technological advances this year, fantastic, amazing. We all live with it. It's part of our daily lives now. That sixty-four bit client. How did we live without this? I know, right? It's been a long time coming. Something I've wanted to do for a long time at CCP. Uh, what blew me away was how quickly it all sort of came along. the The sixty-four bit client, when it was released as a beta, was working so well out of the box, and we had some outrageous number, like ninety percent of people opting in. To use the 64-bit client, which obviously expedited the, uh, the, uh, the the trial process of it before it became a fully implemented feature and, and became like uh, the default experience. But having access to all that extra memory has helped a lot in like big fleet fights and people who are multi-boxing and those kinds of things. So we've seen that reward, um, and I think it's just awesome that it demonstrates that CCP is committed to continuing to invest in Eve by um, developing the underlying technology that supports the game, uh, which is obviously a huge motivator for the product. And it also 
opens up a lot of new possibilities for us that now we can try to improve other areas uh, within our tech. Uh, because before, not having the 64B client was basically a roadblock that we could not have overcome before. Yeah, like after uh, seeing the success with the 64B client, I know that the team is um, like shifting their focus on DX12. I mean, that's like the next big hurdle they want to cross. And of course, the uh, the players, as soon as we got the 64-bit client, uh, we decided to all fight each other to see how, how we can break that client now. Um, so, you know, the, the wars got bigger. You didn't have to go to uh, potato mode to, uh, as, as e-players call it, which is, you know, reducing all your settings down to the lowest uh, to enter a fleet fight. Now you can enter like a, a pretty good sized fleet fight with all the effects on. It's visually stunning. Uh, you know, if you if you really are into space battles or if you just want to be a neutral observer, you can go out to a place where you know there's going to be a fight, cloak around and zoom out. It, it is super beautiful. I mean, if it's magnificent, so you should be able to enjoy it in all its glory. I remember when we would try to live stream these big fleets and we would have to send two or three uh, reporters in cloaked uh, interceptors to try to so that when the first one disconnected, the stream could shift to the second one because it would be so crazy in those systems. And now with the 64-bit client, you don't you don't see that happening anymore. It's fantastic. Yeah, it, it definitely has done a lot for us in, uh, for fleet fights with client stability because one of the uh, bottlenecks we identified was just memory issues. Uh, you know, be, having it 32-bit, uh, being capped at some 3.7 gigabytes of RAM usage uh, per application just it just wasn't feasible and the uh you know the the client wasn't the only thing we've been working on obviously uh the recent experiment with no downtime uh, has also been done in our attempt to see uh, if we can you know improve of the life of the capsuleers on a daily basis that was something i was like in the meeting when they said we're going to skip downtime on wednesday i was like i i don't know i was looking at my phone or doing something i was like we're gonna what because uh, I played this game for 15 years in the Australian time zone and like the, the downtime thing became such a big meme for us. You know, there wouldn't be an Eve Down Under with a, a dev on the stage during an AMA where someone wouldn't be like, so when are you guys going to get rid of downtime? Or can you at least move downtime a few hours earlier and all these kinds of things. So it became like a big kind of a bugbear for that community there. And just just the prospect of CCP finally being able to do something about that um, just by skipping skipping it for one day is an obviously obvious indicator that they need to see what breaks so they can make some changes. So I was super excited about that, uh, perhaps more than most people, because there, there would be people in the in the US time zone who've probably never even seen that pop up, you know, while they're in the middle of, of playing the game, because for them it's at like 4 a.m. Or, or something like that. Um, but it can be kind of disruptive to your gameplay style. So um, anything we can do to reduce, to either eliminate or just reduce the frequency of downtime. If it only goes to a couple of times a week or maybe just you know once a week or something like that will be a huge, huge improvement. But we probably have a few more experiments like this we have to do in the future. And we know that by leaving the server running past its, uh, past its bedtime, did create some interesting issues. We saw problems with structures anchoring. We saw uh, mineral depletion in uh, in some areas. Uh, and so we saw some chat issues, rear their heads and those kinds of things, which is obviously inconvenient for players. But um, isolated experiments like this help us gather so much data so that we can start to address these issues and work through them. Um, so there might be a couple more tests like this coming down the down the line and might cause a little bit of consternation here and there while the servers are a bit fruity as we're 
letting them stay up past their bedtime. Um, but we hope you guys will be patient with that because the end result will obviously be a significant improvement to the quality of life for a lot of people who play EVE. And, uh, you know, you guys, you, you mentioned because being uh, for the longest time an Australian time zone player, uh, you know, you, you get to see that pop up all the time playing in the, the US on the East Coast. I hardly ever saw it unless I was like just completely addicted to EVE and I couldn't, uh, you know, couldn't tear myself away or doing a big op or something. Um, but another group of players that, you know, the no downtime experiment is going to be beneficial for um, are the Korean players who in 2019, Korea just got their localized client. Uh, not too long ago, you guys actually went to G Star when it was uh, announced. CZB Dopamine kind of hinted at that earlier as like another stop in the invasion tour. Um, and you know, as a result, we got to see a massive influx of Koreans coming to Eve Online, and it has been one of the coolest thing to watch from afar. Obviously, uh, language barrier for me, so I don't get to interact with the Koreans all that much. But I have been watching their streams. I've been watching what they do, and they are having a blast. With EVE Online, it reminds me um, so much of when uh, EVE players like Brave Newbies started coming in. And before that, Test Alliance, just some guys that are relatively new, uh, but love explosions. So they'll undock in like 100 frigates and just Zerg rush something. Uh, and watching Korean streams has been... Appropriate metaphor. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm just really glad that the way the EVE Online server takes work. So, you know, the, the superior Korean APM will not make me uh, irrelevant in EVE Online. <laughs> So thank, thank goodness for that. But yeah, that, that has been a huge thing and it has been uh, adopted to really, really well. Yeah, the uptake has been huge. Um, they're now the, the Korean players, I think are like now the third or fourth largest just like group in the game if you want to, you know, draw some arbitrary borders around um, uh, group wow. of players. Um, they, they, it's, it's pretty massive. Like at any given time, I mean, I just had a quick lens then, like currently two out of the top 10 EVE streamers are both Korean streams. But it's not unusual to, to look at that on EVE Online and see like three or even four streamers in the top 10. And if Fanzinu's streaming, he's usually number one. He has a massive following. Um, we saw an incredible response to EVE when we were at G-Star. We had a massive booth. Uh, the queue was full from open to close every single day. We put something like 2,000 people through the tutorial and the character creation process. And then they left with their sort of like um, newbie invitation starter code if they wanted to pick up the game and start playing it. And there's been a big push in the company to uh, give them, throw some more support behind them. We've recruited some Korean ISDs to help out in the rookie help channels. And uh, we've got some, I believe, some Korean GMs on the way early next year to handle their tickets and things like that. Um, we were actually caught a little bit by surprise just how strong the adoption of the game was there. So we've had to ca play catch up a little bit, but in some ways it's a nice problem to have because um, it's a massive shot in the arm. And particularly in a, uh, a time zone in an area of the world where things are typically a lot quieter. So uh, higher player numbers in, in that wedge of the uh, world will uh, carry over content coming from the east and like feeding into like the Pacific time zone as well. Even talking in stations, uh, we had to adopt to that uh, a little bit too. So we have now a, a Korean localized channel as well for, for people to talk about that on our Discord. Yeah, if you, if you haven't heard of G-Star before, it is a very big deal. It is the big annual game convention in uh, Korea, much like E3 kind of is in the US. It's actually a bigger deal in, in Korea than E3 is in America. It's a, it's a big deal show. And here is CCP with Hilmar on a keynote and a big booth and a lot of support and a lot of attention. It was, it was a fantastic little launch there. 
my compliments. Thank you. It was it went absolutely wonderfully. Okay, what came after that? Let's see. There's some little fun things. You guys put the Eve music on Spotify. Oh yeah, I know there are some people uh, at the company who are extremely pleased to see that finally go through. Um, there's a uh, one in uh, um, our publishing department that she was just all smiles uh, that day that that went uh, live. Some of the engineers I know like to listen to the music on headphones while they're uh, while they're working, which I think is really cool. And they let you know Spotify. It's that space ambient thing that's like super relaxing. You know, you can have it on as background noise. It doesn't distract you while you're like smashing out lines and lines of code. Uh, I'm, I'm also super happy to see them uh, the show up on Spotify. People have been asking it for a really long time. It is a bit more complex uh, from a licensing standpoint to get uh, music onto Spotify rather than just say uploading it to SoundCloud, for example, which is why this process has taken so long. Um, I think there's only 11 or 12 tracks some of the earliest ones that have been released on spotify so far but we will continue to add uh, uh other eve music in batches uh over the coming year so it should actually develop into a fairly comprehensive library all right and then another thing you guys did is age of chaos so this was a, you know this was a, a surprising development at the time i remember we you know being in a fleet uh, up in tribute slash veil of the silent, you know, running around mostly shooting unoccupied structures, but suddenly someone's shooting our structures back home, and we're we're looking to see who it is, and it's no one we've ever seen before. So we, you know, we're having quick conferences in autocrat channels and things, and comparing notes with each other, and turning around, and 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 the the call came through, turn around. Stop what you're doing. Head back to Delve. We have to go. And, you know, in the meantime, we've got our, our few people with gunning rights on Citadels running back and forth as fast as they can trying to, to gun these things. And our logistics guys are suddenly trying to pull bombs out of factories as fast as they can and move them around to restock all the structures. Oh, and that one's not fit? You idiot. We have to have a fit on the structure. Things like that. It was very dramatic at the time. Did you know it would be like that? I don't think we uh, we fully were able to predict the you know how players gonna react and what's gonna be the outcome of this. I think partially it was why we've decided to try and shake things up a little bit. Um, you know, it, it, in some of the situations, I think uh, a lot of items actually worked out very well, and it was beyond our expectations. There were a couple of things that, in hindsight, we would have done better, uh, but that definitely showed us uh, that there is a potential. And if online, it's very community is very receptive to this type of uh, you know regular and frequent and also sudden changes being implemented into the game. Yeah, we uh, definitely for the last what six months now uh, we have learned a lot from these uh, changes we've been making. Uh, and like CCP Dopamine said, we see uh, what works, what doesn't. Um, just for example, the blackout gave us just some empirical data, so to speak, to work with um, on local and just how Intel works in the game. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, it's it's been a pretty wild ride. And I mean, the Chaos Era seems to be continuing with uh, just different changes coming uh, in unexpected ways. Uh, yeah. 
So when you guys talk about the learning a lot from Blackout and the Chaos era, I, I think it's really uh, evident that you guys did uh, because at least for where I'm standing, the the new filaments that are coming in for uh, that you guys are in right now that are login rewards and stuff like that. Um, basically, what EVE Online players call them is Edafleet. They're a little filament similar to an Abyssal uh, filament, but instead of sending you to Abyssal's dead space, it'll take you and your fleet members up to, I believe it's 20, to a random system in NullSec. Um, so you guys can, you know, you can be basing in low seconds and say, hey, you know what, tonight, Friday night, I want to just go out with the go out with my friends uh, and just go and try and kill some NullSec people. So you activate this little filament, you go through, and you get yeeted off to a random area of space that's very often populated, right? It's not just always like a dead random corner. There's some magic algorithms working uh, behind the scenes. And you'll end up in Quirius or Delve or you know Syndicate or something like that. Um, you go out, have a fight. You'll generally run into another fleet. And you know from the people I'm talking to, they're saying, you know, this is exactly the type of content that I loved from uh, Blackout. And the NullSec people are like, yeah, I like this way better than not knowing when anything was coming. I'm not terrified to go outside in space and die to some unknown assailants. Uh, so it's really, really fun for a lot of people. Yeah, it's got it's got the randomness for the the people roaming, but without just that like uh, existential dread. If you're just out to sort of uh, mine some roids or farm some anoms or something, you can still get killed, but at least you uh, you'll you'll have perfect intel up until the point that a bunch of guys land on you and shoot you in the face. And I think the the, the largest filament is actually twenty five. If you've got the Rudolph filament, you can you can go that high if you want. But yeah, it's like five, ten. Uh, 15, 20, 25 that can drag you out. I, uh, I had a play around with them last week as well, just internally with some guys from CCP, uh, and that was a bunch of fun. And just the other night, on Friday, on Friday we did two uh, CCP winter dev caravans with Bjorn B FCing us, which was live streamed on Twitch. We went out in the in the morning at 0900 and then the evening at, at uh, 2000. And uh, we use those filaments to yeet us around New Eden, and we got into some amazing fights. If if you want, you should go on the CCP Twitch channel, look at the past broadcasts, and just check out the second fight in particular from the twenty hundred fleet. Was there was there was there was the CCP fleet consisting of us and GMs and ISDs, and there was um there was uh two up to two or three other fleets that all showed up to brawl, and we went for like an hour straight. It was fantastic. Now was it Bjorn B who was FCing on your side? Who Say was again? who was your who was your FC on the on the CCP side? We probably not to FCing us on stream, so you can headshot him all you want. He was he was in a monitor, so like you know he could take a he could take a pounding. Um, he can, but uh, yeah, it was good. I I I died. Every, at least I died once in the morning and twice in the evening room. And uh, the loot fairy said yes to the 500 plex that was in my cargo all three times. So hopefully I've made some people very happy and everyone got some nice loot out of it. I have a feeling there was a, a grin somewhere that was shooting all the wrecks. Uh, because that's that's the quintessential EVE Online thing, right? You know, uh, EVE Online, they do Secret Santa, we do Secret Santa, we do lots of stuff, but we also have a, a grief miss tradition as well. So there's a little grief miss in there, shooting ranks. But it's, it's good that you connect the, the filaments to the blackout in, the, in sort of like the chaos sense, because it was like a, just an unexpected random thing that CCP just dropped in our laps. It wasn't obviously not on the scale of, of uh, the blackout idea, but it was, you know, just a, a fun surprise, you know, just like, hey, get ready to be delighted it was kind of like a, another thing we did similar to that which is kind of in the same spirit of some of the things they were experimenting with was when we did the trick or treat over halloween with 100 percent loot drops uh for that week 
And we did see an appreciable increase in PvP, probably an appreciable increase in ganking as well. But the point is, like, it, w- uh, somebody got up that day and there was something fundamentally different about EVE that they weren't expecting that wasn't there yesterday. And so for the next few days, they get to try some fresh content. And then um, once once the, the period that we're trialing that expires, uh, people are still feeling good and they they can look forward to something else down the pipeline, but they don't know what it's going to be. And then next minute, you know, like uh, year to fleet. So um, to me, those are the kinds of really fun changes and surprises that we can we can throw in, throw out there for you guys to, to make what you will of it. And um, hopefully uh, we've got, uh, hopefully, I'm not going to make any promises, but hopefully we've got a long list of ideas for things that we can keep trying going forward. And it's then important as well for you guys to be letting us know what are you enjoying more uh, so we can take it back to the teams and make sure that we're delivering you this type of content that, that you want and that you, you know, take the most pride actually playing with. Let's try the Halloween week thing on structures for a week or two. I actually think the Halloween event applied to structures as well. Oh, it did do, didn't it? I had forgotten that. Yeah, it absolutely did. Uh, a lot of people uh, were, were all about, wormholders didn't care. They were just like, yeah, whatever. But, uh, you know, some some really fun, like uh, like the quintessential Eve thing, as CZB Convict was saying, like you, you guys do this Halloween event with 100% loot drop. Obviously, people like Pirate are going to be like jumping up for joy. But some really cool things happen that we actually covered on Talking Stations as well. Um, there is a group called Hog Hitman that lives out of Heck. Uh, and they just decided to war deck every single Corpin Alliance that it came through Heck uh, in the previous week. Uh, so it ended up being 100 <laughs> 180 corporate alliances, and then they quickly realized, oh no, we might have gotten in over our head because all of the the myriad of groups that decided they wanted to work together. And because of this one silly little Halloween event, the the largest fight in Hack to ever happen in Eve's like 16 year history happened over a Fortizar with like uh, I think something like 800 people showing up, almost 100 billion esque damage done, including a dead Fortizar. It was a hoot. Uh, to watch it go down. I was there for the whole thing. Uh, I know the Talking Station Switch channel was there. Ron was there covering it as well. Really, really fun. It was super cool. And CCP Loki made a really cool scope video about it as well. So if you haven't yeah. seen that, he actually uh, he he went around. He interviewed uh, the uh, some of the the prominent people, some of the FCs from the different fleets that were concerned. Did a news report on it in the scope, and he's been using uh, he used our new uh, sort of lip syncing technology that we're developing, so that he took the audio recording of the FCs telling their side of the story and synced it up. So it was it was their their avatar from the game speaking, and I think that is so cool. Needs some more work because it's a little bit dead above the dead above the nose like when characters are talking to you but it's a great sign of things to come and uh, if there's one reason that you watch the video besides the cool tech um it's listening to the in-game like in-character scope news person say intergalactic space hobos completely straight faced (laughs) yeah Yeah. it was it's amazing yeah that's one of the things that always used to make me laugh about how the whole grim dark thing with eve it's like no you can't have pig skins but you can call your alliance internet space hobos if you want i know i know We've come a long way. We've come a long way. In the, in the skins department, too. Yeah. Oh, the Aurora Universalis skins that we're giving out. They look so nice, man. They're so good. And Fantastic. they're free. You just have to log in and claim them. And if I'm to understand right, the the, chain, the skins change uh, like during the day, like uh, or as the day progresses, like a little bar fills up as you get closer. 
to the 24. I don't know. I don't know how it works. Oh, that's uh, that's the that's the the uh, Yoyo Yoyo Festival skin has like a little charge that builds up, and then you get like a little star after on on Christmas Day, which lasts early January and goes away. But it'll start up again next year. Uh, The Aurora Aurora Universal skins are just the the funky green and purple skins that have the the cool wisps of Aurora emanating from them as they fly through space, and you can pick those up just in the launcher. So fancy. Yeah, they're easily my favorite skins that have come out uh, recently. And they're both Icelandic influence because the first one is inspired by the thirteen. Uh, I don't. What do you call the elves, Spider? What do you call the thirteen? Uh, elves? I mean, we call them Yulads, um, but yeah, the Yule like, in Icelandic, we just call them uh, Jólasveinar, which literally just means like Santa Clauses, I guess. Inmate. Yes. So those are, yeah, the, the Yule lads are the kind of, to me, are the reason for the, each one of those tunk, tunk, tunk lights that turn on. And then the, uh, the Aurora Borealis inspired the, the second skin, another part of Icelandic life. Who knew you were going to, going to space and to Iceland at the same time? So there's another thing to bring up that happened this year, CCP Bible, which is, yes. this, that's kind of a CCP dev uh, term though the players don't think of it as much like that that is the document that governs the behavior of ccp devs playing eve online a live game am i saying that right am i expressing that the way you see it pretty much yeah it's, it's just the rules that govern how we interact with players when we're playing on our non-dev regular player characters and that's evolved nicely uh, over the last 10 years too i'll, I'll, I'll point out uh, tell you know, so how are are you three playing uh secretly in any don't tell us who in any eve online alliances or or, or corpse that we might have heard of maybe uh so i can say that uh i have one character that is applying uh well in the application process for a corp in an alliance that people have heard of um but then I have four other characters in the game, and they're just my, you know, I just have them kicking around, doing exploration, doing mining, you know, uh, not getting associated with any uh, uh, other corporations. They're just like in my little personal thing. Uh, for myself, I'm currently not. I only just got my characters back on Friday afternoon, and I spent pretty much all of yesterday flying around in Tyras, just like gathering stuff up and consolidating all the assets for these five characters, just so that I can. Uh, be organized before I strike out. I've got a couple of corps that I, I want to apply to. I'm thinking of applying to two or three different corps just so I can try out different uh, play styles. Um, but I think once I start playing again, because of this new policy change, I don't have to witness protect my main. So I've gotten Bam Stroker back and I'll be I'll be playing as Bam and uh, at least on one of those characters, uh, uh, at least one of those corporations. And um I think uh, he was reasonably well-known in EVE, so I think it won't take long before people sort of figure out, oh, okay, so CCP Convict's gone and he's playing with these guys now. But um, I, I, for one, am super excited about the change, even though it didn't really have a long-lasting impact on me because I'm relatively new. I know there are tons of people at CCP who, are, who feel liberated by this uh, and are looking forward to playing in a lot of areas that they probably uh, haven't been able to fully commit themselves to before. Um, and uh, it's it's just a great thing for the company. Oh, and another nice side effect is we're changing sort of the uh, the the period that the character your your old Eve characters have to remain frozen from six months to three months, 
which means I could get my characters nice. back. Yeah, which means I could get my characters back as soon as the policy came into effect because otherwise I wouldn't have been eligible to get them back until February. So this is great. So for those who are not aware, whenever you get a job at CCP and you play for line before, you need to uh, report all of your characters to Internet Affairs, who then freeze your account for any investigation, and it can take it could take up to six months before you would get them back. Right now, that time, as Convict said, has been decreased to three months of maximum. He makes it sound nice with the word freeze, but the way they do that technically is they ban your characters. So your characters are banned. They are not training. You can't, not only can you not access them, but their training queue is frozen. And when you get them back later, they've made no progress, which is like a little bit frustrating. Not that I'm bitter or anything. Okay, maybe. So uh, I can also add some further clarification on this. Um, the six-month period was also kind of like a uh, testing period for the employee to see if they could uh, adapt to the effectively new lifestyle uh, in the game. Um, and internal affairs did provide uh, compensation for the missed uh, training time um, at some flat rate for the six months. Uh, now the... Um, period has been shortened uh, to three months, which also lines up with the um, just general employee probation period or whatever we call it. Um, and more likely than not, your, your character won't need to go through any witness protection or any uh, weird stuff like that. Um, that will kind of more affect the people who have already been uh, working at the company, such as myself, um, for a long time and maybe played with uh, other CCP employees in like a CCP corporation and stuff like that. And obviously we don't want to be inadvertently uh, outing uh, these uh, corporations or fellow, uh, you know, CCPers who are playing the game and don't want to be uh, public. Um, so, I mean, that's, for example, what I've done with the one character that I'm uh, going to be joining some alliance uh, with. Um, I just don't want uh, the possible accident to happen so this is a big thing and you know as uh i was on the csm during csm6 um which is just around the same time that ccp rise and ccp fozzy transitioned from players to uh, game developers um and you know one of the things on the csm that we were talking about at the time was hey why do you guys still have this draconian policy in place uh why don't you change it and then of course incarnate came out uh, and the, the players and the or the community and the players uh, and the devs weren't really on the same page. There's a little bit of hostility there, so they had to table uh, discussions for that going on. But uh, from what I'm aware of, the CCP has always been behind this um, from even before my time in the CSM of getting you guys to play uh, and making it, so it's obviously it's not forced, it's optional, so you guys can experience different life uh, lifestyles in, in within the game, uh, You know, just see what it's like on the ground, uh, and you can make some changes without having to to do some feedback because you'll be like be able to say, hey, uh, this is what life is like, blah, 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 blah. So that is really, really good. Um, we're really happy uh, as players to, to see you guys back back in the game so we can talk to you about it and you know be excited. I will make one stipulation. Uh, players, when these developers enter local... <laughs> Don't ask them to give you stuff. Like if you do find out who they are, like don't don't make them regret making this decision. This is something that we've wanted long and hard, so just don't ruin it. I mean, if uh, we sort of go into the reasons why uh, uh, the the old policy was difficult, 
made things difficult for us uh, in the dev blog. And also we appeal to the players, you know, like we're not going to be great. So let us suck. Uh, you know, don't, uh, don't come at us. If you know that a player, if you've identified a player's account and you see him in a fleet or on comms or something, unless we've got a CCP in front of our name, we're not at work. We're just playing Eve with you guys for fun. So um, if we, there's already a bunch of ways you can reach out to us with your feedback and we're always monitoring, uh, you know, uh, uh, engaging with players on Twitter and, and, and Reddit and on Discord, you name it, and at player gatherings to get feedback. So there's plenty of conduits for you guys to get your, your CC please back to us. Um, and the other thing, of course, is we're completely forbidden from, from using any kind of space dev magic at all when we're on our player characters. So if, you, if you're up against one of us in an opposing fleet, we're not using any kind of dev hacks or anything like that. Um, it would it would basically uh, it would get, there's severe consequences for doing that. So just sort of be chill and leave the tin foil at home. Um, it's just pure and, skill. Yeah, and yeah, that's right. And I just I want to address something which is sort of kind of being the elephant elephant in the room when we've talked about this policy change. A few people, and I'm I'm not afraid to mention it. A few people always mention like the T20 incident from back in the day. I'm not going to go into what the incident was. If you want, you can Google it to find out. But this is no this policy change has in no way uh, made it easier for something like that to happen again. The internal security changes, the oversight and the auditing that was implemented in wake of that is still in place and remains untouched. This is only about our own identity when we're playing the game. So um, the, the risk of any malfeasance hasn't increased. It just means now that we can engage with you guys more properly. We don't have to run away if you figure out who we are and you know stop what we're doing, change corporations or anything like that. So uh, it's overwhelmingly a positive change for us at the company and I can only see it having good outcomes uh, uh, when it comes to the ongoing development of EVE Online. Uh, I just wanted to quickly add on to uh, what Susie B. Convict was saying. Um, you know, forced anonymity is not going to, uh, in my opinion, be a preventative measure for someone to, you know, do another T20 scandal. Um, so if anything, it, it, removing this is only a positive thing uh, to enable us to play the game. Um, if anyone, you know, in the past would have wanted to do something like this, they, you know, being forced to be anonymous is not going to uh, impact that, in my opinion. If you were at home, uh, listening to the podcast, you can't see the screen right now. But if you are with us in Twitch, or if you're watching the video on demand on YouTube, you can see that uh, you can you can't see CCP Spider, but you can see that CCP Dopamine and CCP Convict are joining us from home on a Sunday night. So their their video camera, you can see they're they're at home. When when you're at home logged in as uh, an Eve player. You don't have, you're not live on the internal network at CCP. So at least if it's like when I worked there, you don't, you don't have the ability to turn on those dev hacks. Those are, those are locked to being local on the network at the office or, or similar on the, on the network of the office. So, I mean, there are probably a couple people who can get around that if they want to, but people are not doing that. These are regular, they're on regular accounts on regular clients and they couldn't cheat if they wanted to. And then if they did, internal affairs would be all over them like a cheap suit. Like I had to generate uh, some snowballs for the snowball fight last Sunday. And um, the situation was that a player has an annual snow snowball fight in Luminaire every year. A few hundred people turn up. It's actually a fun public event. 
But unfortunately, earlier in that week, we decided to melt all the snowballs that were in the game because we were introducing new snowballs as part of this uh, 13 Days of Eve event. So I get this panic message from the organizers. It's like, dude, I've got 400,000 snowballs and they just all melted. And uh, so I was like, all right, dude, we'll, we'll, we'll fix this out. We'll make this right. Relax. So I went off internally and um, they, they, they introduced, I spoke about it internally and there were these structures there where you could go you could put in melted snowballs and get a fresh snowball at a 10 to 1 ratio but the trouble was you could only do them 10 at a time and it would have taken this guy like eighty thousand clicks or something to do it so the resolution was i would be in luminaire people could give me their melted snowballs in bulk i would exchange them for fresh snowballs at a 10 to 1 ratio and hand them back no problem but i had to go and get approval from internal affairs in order to use the space magic to create those snowballs in the first place so my point is, if I have to get approval from IA to make snowballs, like imagine what's going to be happen. It would happen if I try to make anything more substantial than that. Sensitive topic. But moving on, moving on to the next thing, there was a, a different surprise besides melted snowballs this week. On Tuesday, there was a little uh, quiet uh, patch. And we, we actually noticed it immediately in uh in my alliance and people were saying the the anoms are smaller which i should explain for new players the the uh, uh the anomaly sites that spawn in our space that are for mining come in sizes from let's see small medium large enormous colossal and people generally tend to go for the largest first for whatever reason, psych- human psychology perhaps. But the colossals, the mediums, no, the colossals, the enormouses and the larges were all smaller than they were the previous week. And they, uh, uh, they, uh, they definitely got noticed. And people were like, what's going on? Did you notice anything? Uh, and we're talking with each other. And we got a clarification a few days later. Do you want to talk about that? Uh, yeah, so basically, uh, it's London. We kind of hinted or promised, you can you know, uh, interpret it however you like it, that uh, we're going to be making changes to the resource distribution uh, in EVE Online. And uh, what you guys have saw on Tuesday is basically the very first step uh, towards trying to tackle uh, this uh, issue that you know we've identified as something that is simply contributing to the overall stagnation. Uh, within if online uh, that's true we haven't communicated it on that immediately when that happened uh, but again you know sometimes there will be changes made into the game that are fairly subtle that we might want to maybe let you discover it yourself and just tinkle a little bit uh, you know among the players and other pilots if that's really real or if that's a problem uh, but we're never gonna make a change without commenting on that at some point you know so um, very likely, if you see a change happening and there's no confirmation, it's been a bug report within 24 hours or so, that's very likely could have been intended. If you're a player in high sec or low sec or wormholes um, and you aren't experiencing this yourself, I'll just tell you what, what they did. They did two things. They, they changed um, the size of the maximum amount of ore that spawns in the lar- three largest size of anomaly. So the large is two-thirds of its previous size. The enormous is half its previous size. And the colossal is one-third its previous size, just maximum size. 
they still respawn later, but they'll respawn again and be a little bit smaller, like or a lot smaller. And then the second change they did was they pulled two minerals out of the asteroid belts. Well, NOSAC, no one normally mines the asteroid belts. So this is a this is a sneaky thing. I think it was it's actually designed to draw your attention away a little bit from the colossal change. And and the NullSec pilot can feel smart for a moment because he like figures, ha, they changed the asteroid belts and we never mind there. But actually, you know, they know what they're doing. So I think I think, yeah, don't be distracted by the small red herring. That's my opinion. I don't know what you guys think. At least what was your reaction? So my reaction, I don't do too much mining, so I'm glad that there is some sort of research uh, resource distribution going in there. I, I like to see these type of changes. Um, I did have a lot of fun watching the, and, and you guys might have missed this one too, that kind of flew in under the radar. Uh, there is a CCP video that was put out on their YouTube channel that was uh, uh, Seasons Greetings and Resource Distribution, so which was kind of weird. So you should watch it. It's a short clip. It's like a minute and a half long. Uh, it's like all the CCPers at their Christmas party having fun. And then it pans down to CCP Burger, like as the Grinch, like just destroying uh, asteroids from the server with a pull of a pull of a plug. Uh, really, really fun. But, you know, uh, I kind of like these changes just for the, the random knockoff effects that happen. So the price of Veldspar is just wildly fluctuating in Jita right now. Like things are going crazy as people are trying to figure out what's going on. Um, you know, the one thing about EVE Online is the players love to be informed. Uh, they love to know what's going on, and they they love slash hate being surprised as well. Uh, so previously, when stuff like this would be coming, the players would see it from miles ahead because it would make it to um, the, a test server or something, or it leaks somehow. Hybo leaks or singularity, and yeah, those sorts of things. Yeah, exactly. It would go from like someone would pull it from somewhere, and then players would kind of figure out the best response to it before it even hit the live server. And now as Carneros was, was saying, like this thing hit the server, people didn't even know that there was a dev blog up talking about it. They just noticed the change. Um, so you see them adapting in real time. And it allows for some really fun things to happen. Uh, clever people get to make uh, some early ISK, uh, or maybe even more active people get to make some early ISK as well. Uh, so it's, it's really exciting to see changes like this happen. And it's, um, it's not solved by the time it actually goes live on Tranquility, which happens to a lot of our features. Like I just, just for question for the guys, you know, on the panel and in, and in chat right now, um, you like, do you, how do you feel at least mention that like players, are, uh, uh, you know, like to have the information. I feel like more so the players are accustomed to having the information already there in advance. Like I was going through some old dev blogs the other day and I saw the dev blog that we put out before Thera was introduced into the game. And it is very, very thorough in terms of the number of new shattered wormhole systems, what size ships they can take, that there is a thing, how big it is, what stations are in it. it basically, it was uh, a complete blueprint to the feature that was being released. And, the, and I think that's kind of, that is handy and informative, but part of me also thinks maybe sometimes like, imagine you're that guy who after downtime scans down a wormhole and jumps into it and you're like, what the hell is this? And you take screenshots and you put that on Twitter and Reddit and you're discussing it and people are just freaking out. Like, why is there a wormhole system with stations in it? Why is it 200 AU wide? Why does it have like 50 anoms in it? You know, like uh, uh, 50 SIGs, you know, like 
Um, it would be interesting to see that develop in real time. So just like generally speaking, what is your guys' opinion on telegraphing information like that versus keeping it a secret? I mean, at its core, EVE Online is a game where you like surprises, right? And I'm sure you can attest to this being a, an older player. There was no manual. We had no idea what what the next uh, turn would hold for us uh, early on in the game. And then it did feel like quite formulaic. Like, oh, we know this is going to happen. Here's what we're going to respond to. We're like, oh, this ship is going to change. Uh, let's Here's our new fits that people can adopt to instantly on, on day one. Um, so it is nice uh, kind of finding new things. My favorite, Caroline Star. Um, it was just like an event uh, that kind of happened in the game, setting up for, for wormhole stuff. And, and one player noticed this, posted about it, and then it, that player's name was Caroline. And, you know, the the star, like the, the actual piece of EVE Online that we see every day was named after a player who discovered it. So that, that's like one of the coolest things you can have. And uh, just to add on top of it, obviously, this is not a completely blanket new approach that we're going to be applying for everything that we add into the game. Uh, this is more on a case-by-case basis when we decide uh, if any a specific change or a feature, uh, do we want to communicate on this in advance? Do people need to have uh, the, you know, the notice period to actually prepare themselves? You know, when we were introducing the kicking castles, we knew that, hey, we need to give those information a little bit earlier than usual because that requires a lot of, you know, adjustment from the player base. Uh, but with something like, you know, decreasing the number of resources in anomalies or asteroid belts, you know, that's a, that's a feature that perhaps doesn't require you to know a week before, before because it doesn't really change that much the way you play. Well, Thera turned into a massive transportation hub for the game. Uh, it, it's a... Uh... It, it changes how you move around in New Eden. Uh, yeah, it's basically uh, Wormhole Uli from 2004. It's a, you know, that that's a little bit different case than resource dis- redistribution. I actually, uh, um, to answer your question, uh, it does, uh, the fact that, that resource re- redistribution and resource scarcity is coming in a series of small steps uh, with mystery over a period of time does affect how we play the game, but not at the same level that introducing it there does. There are certain kinds of things that we're not doing right now in, in NullSec because we're waiting to see what falls out of that. For example, I had uh, I had a corporation come to me this week and say, hey, I'm thinking about approaching these guys to try to buy X moons from them. And I said, they're not going to sell anything right now because everyone's waiting to see what goes on with resource redistribution and resource scarcity. So don't, don't waste your time. Focus on other things for now. You know, uh, there, there are a couple things like that that I think uh, uh, are affected by the system. Not, you know, not a big deal. Just uh, every, EVE is such a big interconnected ecosystem. It's like a giant plate of spaghetti. You, you can't do too much without touching a, a lot of other things. And uh, to, follow, to follow up on CCV Convict's question, a, a few, just a few questions from chat. Um, David Matterall, who is uh, listening, uh, says, I like to know the new toys in advance, things to get excited about. But for changes for advanced players, I think they should be sprung on them, which I think is a really good way to put it. And uh, Crazy Loca uh, mentioned... Uh, this aura removal wasn't being uh, like because it was so sudden. wasn't being uh, wasn't taken advantage of by the super rich Nullsec financiers. 
uh, we all got the sh- same shot at mineral prices, which is exactly right. Uh, it's, a, it's a really good take uh, on that. But it's fun to see something like the Zernitra in advance, because that's, that's kind of like, oh, look, it's shiny, it's a toy, it's aspirational, it is, uh, it's the kind of thing that you, you can see it in advance and build an appetite for. It's like an appetizer. Yeah. And, you know, it kind of hit both sides of it too, right? Because we knew what the ship was going to be. We knew how it was going to function. We knew the stats of it, but we didn't know how we were going to be able to get it. So we had to discover, you know, how to get this ship build it and, and have all the resources for it uh, while still knowing that it was coming. So it kind of hits the best of both words there, worlds there. Good. Good feedback team and chat. We're looking forward to a, uh, maybe I shouldn't call it Triglavian. What, what is the word for these? Uh, precursors. precursors. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're looking forward to a precursor supercarrier and effects and stuff like that. Uh, Force auxiliary. Precursor Titans win. I don't know. What's, you want more supers? Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I honestly don't know what's in the pipeline for the future of the Triglavian, Triglavian ship line, but um, oh, who knows what the future will hold. They haven't told you all the secrets yet? I've, I've, I have, I've tried super hard not to turn to discover too much um it was when i started at ccp and i had access to all the internal uh you know wikis and documents obviously there's like big swathes of law which you know sort of have the uh more exposition on what the actual history and the background is and i started reading through those but then i kind of just stopped because after wondering for so long just having all the answers right there was uh, uh it, it it felt cheap to 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 read through it that way and I've had occasions where, um, uh, like, uh, CCP's on three, our cinematics guy would just be in the in the kitchen talking. He's like, "Oh, I'm working on this uh, on this new cinematic. You should come and check it out." I'll be like, "Oh yeah, I'll be right there." And I'll take two steps and I'll be like, "No, wait, I don't actually want to see this uh, until it's finished, and I can like watch it, uh, you know, on the screen at you know like Eve London with everybody else, you know, and and see it for the first time." Um, so I. I Try not to find out too much about what's coming up storyline, law wise. But obviously, when it comes to uh, new ships and features and things like that, I stick my nose in wherever I can. And Pales mentions in chat that uh, you know there's an appetite for the angel caps. The angel caps, and yeah. The we saw the art. initial concept art and we loved it. Yeah, we obviously we know that they're not finished and in hiding somewhere in a closet, waiting till CCP's in a good mood. There's a lot of work to do, but. There's an appetite for those. They're gorgeous. Yeah, I think this uh, came up in an AMA uh, 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 in London. And as far as I understood it, uh, we have the concept art for the ships. We have we don't have any 3D models. We don't have anything beyond the pictures we showed. So, um, yeah, it's definitely not a case of us uh, waiting, you know, just holding them back because we want to, uh, like, annoy everyone or anything like that. It's beautiful concept art. So my compliments on on the team who made that. Okay, thank you for joining us. We've been going for an hour and fifteen minutes, um, starting to wind down. I, I will. Uh, I do want to mention that um, in terms of player news, uh, Test Alliance seems to have gotten pretty actively involved in the north. They have moved fleets up. Uh, they have started. Uh, engaging the dead coalition at least what do you think of that i think it's hilarious if only because you know the the main motivation for uh, uh, test lines 
deciding to move up there and get involved appears to be if we can take uh, Vili, one of the, the main fleet commanders and leaders of Test Alliance, if we can take him at his word. Uh, it's because him and Sword had a disagreement on the CSM. Uh, and so Vili's like, well, the one way to make sure this doesn't happen again is I'm going to remove all of his voters. So we're going to war. And it's just one of those funny uh, type of Eve storylines that you can only get in Eve Online. Like these two players, they clash and then they're like, okay, let's let's fight it out now. And then the, the headliner tweeted something, geez, yesterday. Uh, it was a picture from a battle up there. And it's funny because he's got test all with uh, red standings in his screenshot. But from the Imperium side, it looks half the time like Teston is joining the Panfam side of the fight. So it's it's very interesting. I'm, I'm wondering if he's uh, trying to influence the narrative a little bit with that screenshot. Very Eve-like. Very much so. I, everything like these guys do, um, it's it's all by design. It's all calculated. I'm not going to go say it's planned at a barbecue, um, but you know it, it is it is very deliberate. So that that should be a, a very spicy winter for the north, which is very good for people living in the south. I know the the people in Tappy and stuff like that are are happy that they're not always fighting a war on their home soil. Uh, you know that war just died down between them and Winter Coalition. Uh, so Legacy gets to have some semblance of home. Uh, Without, without a war zone on their backyard. But they still get the content uh, by deploying north uh, and fighting with initiative and, and dead coalition and you know all these standings, the blue donuts getting a little bit a little bit purple and, and mixed up in there. All right. Have any of our CCP guests had a chance to participate in any of those battles yet? Sadly no, not from my side. Uh, like I said, I just got my characters back. However, I was looking at a couple of kill reports on Reddit the other day, and I'm like, uh, I'm probably going to be showing up on a couple of these very soon. Y'all are missing out. You got to come out and join us. I'm just ah. waiting for uh, my application to be accepted. So uh, if one of the recruiters is listening, then please uh, do it. Please, please. What did you apply against, by the way? Uh, that's a super top secret. <laughs> Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, if you have recruiter roles in your corporation or alliance, please go check your queue. Yeah, don't don't be some lazy and active CEO or something like that. Get get off off your butt, whatever you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Should have applied to a corporation that has people in it that actually play Eve CCP Spider. Or at least undock. All right. It's hard to undock when there's hypernet relay stuff going on. Oh, okay. It's our fault then. Exactly. You guys. All right. Well, thank you very much. Great to have you guys join us. Hope you'll come back again uh, in 2020 and be on the show again. Well, thank you for having us. It's always a pleasure to come around and just have a chat for an hour or so. Elise, we couldn't do this show without you. Thank you. Yeah, it's always fun. Always fun. I love, uh, this is the first time I've been uh, at my new computer, which I got around Thanksgiving time. Uh, my old computer broke, so I had to use a different computer and it, it just didn't feel right. And then last week we were doing uh, the Invasion World Tour online qualifiers, so unfortunately I had to miss our, our Talking Station show. Um, but that was a pretty neat thing that, that also happened this year. So we got one more show next week, by the way. Oh, uh, I was just going to say thanks for having me and uh, also address the chat and say that uh, I'm not joining MC. Yeah, that was, that was convict starting rumors with his wording. We're watching you, bro. Hit looking gotta have some fun i like it but yeah uh next week next week will be the last talking and station sunday show of the year obviously 
and uh, we're, we're excited. So come and join us again next week. And thank you for uh, another episode of Talking in Stations.